Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Chad Daybell has the blood of three people on his hands and is awaiting trial in April of 2024. His victims, his first wife and mother of his children, 49-year-old Tammy Daybell, and the children of his second wife, 16-year-old Tylee Ryan and 7-year-old J.J. Vallow. He's charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, grand theft by deception, and insurance fraud. His second wife, Lori Vallow Daybell, has been sentenced to a life in prison with no parole, with similar charges but no death penalty. She's waiting for her next trial in the death and murder of her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, and conspiracy to commit murder of her ex-nephew-in-law, Brandon Boudreaux. Although Lori escaped the death penalty, Chad, however, still has it on the table, even though his lawyer is doing his best to stop it. Today, we're gonna dive into the role Chad Daybell had in the death of his wife, Tammy, and how he involved his son, Garth. We're also going to take a little look at where Lori was at the time of Tammy's death and her pattern, as well as the whereabouts of her sidekick and killer brother, Alex Cox. I'm Linda with It's a Crime, so now let's get into it. Tammy Daybell died on October 19th, 2019. She died in her own home, and it was later determined it was by asphyxiation. The cause of death, though, changed from pulmonary edema to later deeming it as asphyxiation after she was exhumed two months after her death and after a suspicious web of murders, attempted murder, and missing children that surrounded her case. Now, in the past, we looked through the lens of Lori for the longest time, but now that she has her butt landed in prison serving time for Tammy and the children, it's good old Chad's turn to have his spotlight moment. The night Tammy died was filled with lies. Lies about Chad being faithful to Tammy, lies to Chad's children, and lies to outer family and the public. And from the sounds of it, lies to the 911 operator, which is really no surprise at this point. Tammy was posed the day she died. Chad employed the help, though, of his son Garth, from the looks of it, to be his unknowingly witness and helper of sorts, something a child should never have to ever witness or ever do. But this is Chad we're talking about, and anything seems to go as long as he gets, you know, his eye on the prize, Lori, and the money. Now let's take a look at all the ways Chad was involved in his wife's murder, his motive, and his cover-up. But first, we have to talk about the time leading up to it. Weeks and even months before, there were signs leading up to Tammy's death. 
It all started with an evil rubric. Chad created a chart of people in Lori's life and rated them dark or light. Interestingly, one by one, the people on that list were eventually deemed zombies and just happened to be the ones that Lori had issues with in her life. And Chad and Lori and Alex were working on that list, so to speak, eliminating those who were dark and deemed zombies. Now, Tammy wasn't on that list, the public one anyway, but she was deemed a zombie. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But Chad told others that he knew Tammy was going to die. He said that she was going to be in a car accident. He was quite confident in it. He had supposed visions of this. And interestingly, on October 4th, which was two weeks before Tammy's murder, he sent Tammy to go see her family out of town. In fact, he urged her to do it. And normally, Chad would go with her on these trips as it was said he didn't like Tammy traveling on her own and so this was particularly unusual and even according to others Chad said that Tammy was supposed to die in a car accident. How interesting is that that he pushes Tammy to go take a trip hours away and that he isn't with her and his so-called vision was for her to be in an accident. Let me know what you think about this. And usually Chad goes with her and this would be the first time that he doesn't, which is peculiar. So the question I have is, did something not go according to plan on the vehicle? Was there a plan even then? I'm thinking so. I'll show you why it makes the theory stronger and it has to do with Lori. No surprise. But first... Tammy was deemed a zombie named Viola. A day after Tammy heads on the trip to see her family, there are texts between Chad and Lori about Tammy being in limbo. He said things like big news about Tammy, and he explains in the middle of the night through text at 3.36 a.m., he said, The short version is that she has been switched. Tammy is in limbo and a level 3 demonic entity named Viola is in her body. It happened at about 10 p.m. and was done by Tammy's sister, who I always knew was 3D, which means dark. But it turns out she is multiple creation. Viola has been attached for about a year to my niece, who is 12-year-old daughter. I have connected with Tammy in limbo and she is very frustrated and upset. She wants Viola removed as soon as possible. Viola seems to be similar to Penelope. The personality differences from Tammy should be evident quickly. Please seek a confirmation on this, but I have now checked three times since I got home and get more affirmative answers each time. I bet you have. He goes on to say, not fully sure of the timing for removal, but once her actions verify the differences, I don't want to wait. Could this be he's not fully sure for the timing of removal because Tammy safely arrived the day before at her family's place? Or is he still in the planning stage? What do you think? Now, four days after this, on October 9th, Tammy would have an attempt made on her life. The night she died, she files a report saying she was shot at by a man in a ski mask 
dressed in black, and she thought he had a paintball gun. He had fired multiple times, but it was said that the gun misfired, and it wasn't the paintball gun she thought it was. Also, if we fast forward time, there's evidence that Chad was the facilitator in this and Alex was the shooter. So on October 9th, Alex attempted to kill Tammy in her driveway while she was grabbing groceries out of the car. Where was Chad? He was hiding in the house. And in the past, people thought maybe it was Chad that was attempting to kill her in the driveway, but when you think about it, a wife of 30 years would easily know her husband's body, dressed in black or not. And there is evidence that Alex was going to a gun range, he did a bunch of Google searches, and he was part of this whole fiasco. Hi, I need to report something. Okay, go ahead. What's the address? Okay, um, at 202 North, 1900 East. The corner with the blinking yellow light on Salem Highway. Is it a suspicious person? Yes. Okay, what was he wearing? He was all dressed in black and he had a ski mask on. And he's at the blinking light now is where you saw him? No, no, I, when I, he's gone now, because um, I pulled up into our driveway and he, I'm getting stuff out of the backseat of my car and suddenly he was there and he had a paintball gun and he was, okay. and then like, he was going to shoot at me. And I kept asking him what he was doing because I could tell it was a paintball thing. And then he just kept doing it, so I yelled for my husband and then he took off running around the back of my house. Okay, give me just one minute, stay on the line with me. Okay. In what uh, direction he was going? Um, he, went, I, he just he went behind my house and it's so dark out here. And I just went in the house and got my husband and son. And then they went out and looked and he was long gone by then. Okay. So he was on the north side of my house is where he went to get away. And at this point in time, Chad would be sneaking around with Lori for months. In fact, just a week before this, we see Chad giving some love taps on Lori's butt while visiting her storage facility and he was caught on cam. And not only was Chad sneaking around with Lori, but Chad was sneaking around with Lori at BYU in Rexburg. And of course, he told Tammy that he was working, if you can call it that. He said he was going to write since he was a self-proclaimed writer. But just even based on his writing to Lori through text messages, is like a teenager was writing. I think it's even safe to say a tween. In one of Chad's texts to Tammy, the day that Tylee was killed, he sent a text to her, which we know as the raccoon text, 
which I've mentioned in several videos, but is just after that verbiage I want to talk about. Chad tells Tammy he's going to write for a while at BYU with a love you included. And Tammy doesn't respond with a love you back. She says, good for you. A minute later, he says he's back from BYU. And according to Tammy's friends, Tammy was a little off in leading up to her death. And a while back, Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, who was also murdered, knew about the affair and threatened he would tell Tammy. So who knows just how much she knew at this point. Around this time, wedding rings were purchased. And you know how I said that I wondered if there was a plan or something, uh, you know, failing on the vehicle. Here's what strengthens it. Tammy's trip was on October 4th and Lori purchased wedding rings and wedding attire on Charles Vallow's credit card two days before Tammy's trip. Coincidence? I think not. Wedding dress searches were also made that day by Lori for anticipation of what? Right? Chad's still married to Tammy. So why is she ordering? The question also is, where is Lori in all of this? But we'll get to that in a minute. Now, Tammy's insurance was increased, and with Tammy there, and Chad and Tammy both signed. It was not long before Tammy's death. Actually, it was the same day that Tylee went missing and that raccoon text. And, of course, Tylee was murdered on September 8th. Now, Tammy's insurance was increased to the maximum amount. Then when Tammy died, Chad was pretty eager because he was right there two days later to try and collect. He was told he needed a death certificate, however, and Chad said, oh, he had already ordered eight of them, which is also odd. But I believe there were two policies involved, and Chad collected a total of $430,000. Shortly after that, he went to Knott's Berry Farm with his adult children, and Lori wasn't far away from there. And it would be also around this time that Alex married Zulema Pastenas, another woman part of that group, and Alex took her last name, which is interesting. And then we have Lori's niece, Melanie, also marrying Ian Polowski that weekend, which was not even two weeks after they met, and were going on a sprinkle of dates, so imagine that. And Chad also sent $8,000 to each of his children. Chad has five kids, so about $40,000. Now, the night of Tammy's death on October 19th, Chad said that Tammy had a bad cough. He said she just died peacefully in her sleep. She went to bed with a bad cough and just didn't wake up. And according to an investigator, he said that Chad didn't seem all that curious about how she died. Not only that, but Chad talked about this and Tammy's death in a little online post he made. More on that in a minute, but her death initially was believed to be natural and there wasn't an autopsy done and Chad didn't want one. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not long ago, I did a video, talked about Tammy 
was actually posed the night she died and there were signs that Tammy was also restrained. And Chad involved his son Garth in his little scheme unknowingly. And according to Garth, he said he heard a thump and Chad called for him to come into the room. I covered that in another video where Garth was on uh, 48 hours recounting what happened. Garth said, I heard my dad yell, Garth, Garth, come quick, with the most panic I'd ever heard in his voice. My dad was just pacing back and forth, just saying, why, how could this happen? And he was pointing at pictures on the wall saying, she can't be dead, how could this be, what do we do? And according to Chad, though, he says he heard Tammy fall out of the bed and he said he got up and she was out of the bed with her head and body down with one leg twisted in the blankets. He said she was cold and not breathing at the time and then explained that because she was going through menopause, that's why her leg was out of the blanket and was twisted. But this giant fib is going to get Chad in a whole lot of trouble because Tammy died on her back with science to prove it. So Garth goes into the room after this thump, after Chad calls him, and he sees his mom is half on the bed and half on the floor, picks her up and puts her back on the bed. He then says to his dad, I think she's dead. As for the science, there's something called lividity, where the blood pools after death. So if a person dies on their back, it will pool to the bottom and they can tell where their final position was. That's why they can tell if a body was moved. So dummy Chad, or not so dummy because we're grateful for it, posed the mother of his five children and wife of 30 years, head on the floor and body on the bed. And if we rewind a bit, about Chad pointing to the pictures on the wall, in my opinion, that's just over the top. You don't have your wife right there who's dead in front of you and you're going to all the pictures on the wall saying, how could this be? What's going on? What do we do? Furthermore, his 911 call was ridiculous, in my opinion. You can hear him start to fake cry. It's contrived. It's ridiculous. Yes, sir. Red house on the corner. Yes. 
Blinking yellow light. Okay. We'll get somebody up to your camp. So sorry. Okay. If you need anything else, you call me back, okay? Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Chad was pushing the theory that he just woke up at 5.45 a.m. and she was peacefully dead. But he also said he looked over and saw that she had a peaceful smile on her face. So tell me this, how did he look over to Tammy when her head was on the floor? It was estimated that Tammy died in the middle of the night. And I have a theory about that that I'd love to do in another episode, which connects to the others. So if you would like to see that, hit the like button. Let me know if you'd love to see a video on my theory. After Tammy's death, Chad, not surprisingly, acted odd at her funeral and had the funeral very, very quickly. Tammy died on a Saturday the 19th. By Monday, Chad had a viewing for Tammy in Springville, Utah, where they used to live and where Chad was a grave digger by trade. By Tuesday the 22nd, which was two days later, was the funeral. And the day after that, a memorial service was held for Tammy in Rexburg. Now, 17 days after Tammy's death, by November 5th, Lori and Chad got married on a beach in Hawaii. Chad tells his kids that he met Lori on a business trip and that she's a widow with no minor children, which wasn't true because at the time, Lori's children were missing. We know now that they were dead, but technically shouldn't have been with no minor children, right? From friends' accounts, though, they said it was weird at the funeral. One friend said it was really weird because the casket wasn't even there. It all came together so quick and felt rushed. There weren't a lot of people at the service. Tammy and Chad's children were there, and Chad also spoke at the funeral. There was a closing song called Families Can Be Together Forever and a poem called Your Mother Is Always With You, which was printed in the program. Then Chad felt compelled to write on a forum and wrote an essay. And Chad seemed to be using his so-called writing skills, if you can call it that. And just hours after Tammy's death, it was said he was posting on a forum and responding to people about her death all day. Nine days after Tammy's death, Chad published an essay titled Moving Into the Second Half of My Life in the LDS Avow website. And let me tell you, it wasn't very husband-like in my opinion, but no surprise. But I especially like this part, and of course, I'm being very sarcastic. But here's an excerpt of what he said. She had a brilliant mind, especially when it came to computers. She wore so many hats in our company, from being chief financial officer, to operating our websites, to designing book covers. I'm still sorting out how I'm going to cope with this tremendous loss. But thankfully, I have a son whose mind works like Tammy's and will be able to muddle through these tasks, although not as efficiently as she did. So basically what he's saying is he's going through such a tremendous loss, but thankfully his son's mind works like Tammy's, so it'll be good for his business. And this very statement says a lot, doesn't it? It's a tremendous loss to him that he doesn't have a minion to do this for him anymore. But you know what? Thankfully, his son can take over. Chad also talked publicly about what he's saying that happened that night that Tammy was murdered, really securing in his mind his position of what happened. He said, My dear wife Tammy passed away in her sleep early Saturday, October 19th. When I awoke at around 6 a.m., 
So see how he's adding those extra details of time. I see this a lot actually in other cases. He goes on to say, it was clear she had been gone for several hours. It came as a shock. I couldn't believe I hadn't been awakened somehow, but all indications are that her spirit simply slipped away during the night. Her face looked serene with her eyes closed and a slight smile. Really, Chad? I thought she had a bad cough. It was devastating to discover her that way, but I'm so grateful that her death was peaceful. Notable, it was not peaceful. And this reminds me of my recent video on another case where a medical Mayo doctor poisoned his wife and then took it to the obituary to really secure a false narrative. Check that out below or at the end of this video. So two months after Tammy's murder, the authorities exhumed Tammy's body and found that she had been asphyxiated. Not only that, but there was evidence of being restrained and she had bruises, 10 in total. Tammy had six on the front of her body and four on the back. On her left side, bruises were found on her bicep and collarbone, and on her right, three bruises on her upper arm and one on her forearm. Peaceful, hey, Chad? In her toxicology, they checked hundreds of poisons, agents, pesticides, and nothing turned up. The only thing did was her regular medication, and Tammy was said to have pink froth coming from her mouth when she died. And in Lori's trial, the doctor talked about that being pulmonary edema, which comes from the lungs. It can be from underlying causes like overdose, drowning, or asphyxia. I talked to my ex-husband about this a while back as he's a paramedic and he sees this as well. And interestingly, a day after Tammy was exhumed, Lori's brother Alex Cox died. Chad also said that Tammy had heart issues yet said she didn't like to go to doctors. So riddle me this, how did he know she had heart issues? Cause no one else seemed to know about that. And my guess is neither did Tammy. So now the question also is, where was Lori in all this? Well, she was in Hawaii. Lori conveniently makes trips surrounding Tammy's attempt on her life and especially the night of Tammy's death. I did a flight video on all Lori's vacations and connecting those dots, I'll have that also in the description. And guess who else was with Lori on those vacations? Her mini-me, Melanie Pulowski. Like she doesn't know what was going on, my arse. And where was Alex Cox? He was waiting at the church parking lot two and a half miles from Chad's house the night Tammy was murdered. So. Was he in that house that night? Did he help restrain Tammy? He wouldn't need to be hanging around the area if he didn't, would he? What do you think? How does Chad's kids feel about all this? A while back, Tammy and Chad's children were on the TV special 48 Hours and they talked about their mother being exhumed, the asphyxiation result, and that they believe that Chad was framed. I can't say now what their thoughts are at this time, but back then when they were interviewed, they were quite confident he was framed. One of the kids, Mark Daybell said, asphyxiation doesn't necessarily mean smothered. According to my understanding, it just means the breath was interrupted. And in the end, she wasn't able to breathe. And according to that, there's more facts we need. We don't just say, oh well, bye Chad. No, there's still love, there's still connection. And one of the daughters, Emma, who's quite vocal throughout the episode, and we've also seen 
her previously sticking her tongue out at the media. She said that Chad made a social wrongdoing by marrying Lori so early, and that doesn't mean that he's a murderer. And if it wasn't for Lori, she says this would never happen. But Chad's final nail in his own coffin in this case, there were text messages between Alex and Chad on October 23rd, just days after Tammy's murder. Chad said to Alex, well done, thy soul is cleansed, all is well, you will be a powerful servant. I bless you with the knowledge that you will now move forward with physical action and spiritual power that will be bestowed upon us. And remember, he said, you will be a powerful servant. Chad is facing the death penalty. He's chasing serious charges and a list of sins he crafted and executed. And as Lori says, if Chad's the devil, he sure is a good one. Tammy died when she was 49 years old. Today, she would have been 53. She was a mom, an animal lover, a librarian, and by all accounts, a great mother and wife. There's a foundation in her name called the Tammy Douglas Daybell Foundation, giving children the opportunity to love the written word. Tammy was healthy. She didn't have a heart condition. She was doing Zumba with her daughter, clogging and training for a run of sorts. The only unhealthy thing that surrounded Tammy Daybell was her cheating, lying, delusional husband, Chad Daybell. And he may have been delusional, in some ways, namely romance, but he knew what he was doing. Will he serve a lengthy prison term? Will he be put to death? Will a miracle of sorts happen and he be charged for conspiracy in Charles Vallow's murder and the attempt on Brandon Boudreaux? You just never know. Check out my Tammy Daybell playlist here and the new video on the doctor who poisoned his wife right here. Thank you so much for watching. Stay safe out there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.